0: Today's episode of Jam Session is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And while you're online, check out our new website, TheRinger.com. TheRinger.com. It's finally here. We worked really hard. I hope you guys like it. We're covering sports, pop culture, tech. And we got some bangers this week. We really do. Uh, We got Lindsay Zolaz talking about the state of the surprise album. We have Rob Harvilla talking about the album of the year. We We have Sam Donsky talking about X-Men. Oh, yeah. That's a popular topic. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. A lot of thoughts. We got Justin Charity on Jay-Z. We have Kay Austin Collins on Adam Sandler. And really so much more. We hope you like the site. And if you don't, maybe you'll learn to like it. We think you're going to, though. (laughs) So check it out, theringer.com. And now let's get into this podcast. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Hey, Amanda. Juliet, it's been two weeks. We've got a lot to discuss. I missed you. I missed you too. It's great to be back in the pod room with you. We're at a table, t- first time ever. Usually, we're just like with our laptops on our desk. It feels very our le- on, our, on our legs. Do people still worry about getting like diseases or burns, burns or a lower sperm count from? their laptop Definitely on their Definitely lower lap. sperm count. Yeah. That's a thing, right? Tay's t- not a yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, now that's not a, that's not a concern in our in our cool <laughs> Ringer pod room. We should just say this is our first podcast since the Ringer.com launched. It's here. We finally have a website. We did it. We really did. Juliette did not sleep for a long time uh, just a few hours yeah. here and there but it's cool i feel great today you look great oh, i was gonna say you. you don't show it at all <laughs> <laughs> thank you um yeah so check it out the ringer.com lots popping off there there's you know like stuff about sports like the mba finals may have heard about it um but there's also like really good pop culture stuff uh which you oversee amanda i do i'm very proud of it um there is a piece today that i think can actually should we say what we're gonna talk about? Sure great we're gonna, idea I'll, I'll tell you everything we're going to talk about and then we'll go back to yes. the ringers excellent content <clears throat> we're going to talk about taylor swift and calvin harris my friends of course we are of course of course we you are can't not um we will also talk about uh kirsten dunce and jesse Clemens. great couple and then now new couple very exciting. We're going to talk about um, Amelia Clark in general. Yes. Just what's going on there? The mother of dragons uh, oh, me off b- the screen. Me before you. Her new movie comes out tomorrow. And um, and I want to talk about I want to talk about female bonds. So we're going to do that a little okay. at the end. I have some thoughts. <laughs> I'm just I'm shoving that in. Like maybe okay. you didn't know that was coming, but it's coming. I'm into it. But um, let's get into Calvin and Taylor. Yes. So on the Ringer dot com today, uh, we had a piece that I would really like. If you haven't read it, please read it because it features a large portion of our culture staff. Yes. Uh, and it's a it's staff ad- post. It's if a you staff well. post. And it addresses the fact that uh, Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris are no more. I can't believe it. I actually am a little surprised. I know that most of her relationships, so all of them, and most of relationships in the history of humankind right. end in a breakup. Sure. But I'm just surprised by this one. She just, like, recently kind of was, like, very public about it. Like, they just went on a vacation together. They went to, the like, the Caribbean for her yeah. birthday. So it was 15 months. 15. Which is, like, if you think about it, Taylor is, what, 24, 25. I don't, I can't keep track of the birthdays. So she's mid-20s. Well, she was born in 1989, as we know from her album. So she's 27. But I think her birthday is October, so she's 26. Oh, 26. Okay, okay. <laughs> wow. What a riveting segment of podcasting we just did. Um, all right, so, but anyway, mid-20s relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, 15 months is a real... That's long. Like, But that's also, like, an imp- a flex point in a relationship, sure. right? Because are you really... You have to decide, are you really in this? Or are you gonna to commit to two years and then you've just like sure. you've thrown all this stuff down the drain and all this time? Also, fifteen months is a reasonable time to start living together. Like start thinking about living together even. You know? I was gonna say, Is it a reasonable No, not what to actually a- do it? Well it depends how old you are. But I think at fifteen months if you're going on twenty seven and he's older too, right? Like he's closer to thirty, I think. Yeah. Uh I feel like that's a reasonable time to like, you know, get start getting really serious. Sure, I don't think that fifteen months isn't a reasonable about is a reasonable amount of time for anyone to move, have moved in together under and, the age and, and under, under the any age, age of thirty. I was going to say under the age of thirty. Yeah, because I feel like at thirty, you just things move faster. You know, you are who you are. Taylor Swift's still changing, but. Yeah, they move faster in, when people get together, and then they move faster when you break up. Sure. So you can't, you gotta be sure. It's true, because if it, it could end really and soon. just, like, moving in together too early is a disaster. Oh my god, they, then having to, like, unlink, separate out your stuff, <gasps> whose books are whose, really tough. Yeah, so, <laughs> Calvin Harris is 32, just for the record. Okay. An older man. Not surprising. Taylor only likes older guys. Anyway, so 15 months is a decent time. And One, I one thing to- that I always just feel like needs to be caveat is that celebrity time is right. different than human time. Yeah, it's true. Like, I understand why young female celebrities date older men. Like, their lives are just so different. Like, imagine being, like, before people disliked her, 22-year-old Jennifer Lawrence and trying to, like, date someone your own age. They can't relate to your life. No. No. And Taylor Swift, especially, uh, is definitely more financially savvy than any other twenty-six-year-old oh, yeah. on the planet. Uh, runs a business, runs many businesses, runs them very well. She probably has shadow businesses we don't know about. I definitely think she does. Yeah, um, <laughs> she. I was like, <laughs> the, the, she's probably the Airbnb situation on her Rhode Island house must be incredible. Oh, incredible! Or like next level Airbnb. Shit, Airbnb July, for rich people. July Fourth is coming up. It's Can't the, wait the annual trip to Rhode Island. <laughs> Look for that on Taylor Swift's Instagram. No, so I think that that's right, that she was probably in a more mature relationship. But I just, it, I give credit to anyone who gets out of 15 months, because 15 months is knowing yourself and knowing, like, we put time into this, we've made an investment, it's not going to work out, it's going to move on. I respect her. It's over now. It's over, and we have to be grown ups, and we have to move on, and we have to write about it for our album that is probably supposed to come out this fall. So um, do you think that uh this throws off her album writing cycle because no. yo know, she has released an album every 2 years in the fall since the first one. Like she is like clockwork and that's that's how Taylor's that's how the Taylor Swift machine works. <laughs> that's true. Um, so like I the, the timing of this is perfect. It's yeah, there's still time for her to write songs for the fall. And she can go through like the major gossip cycle right now right. and then she has like the redemption and she's back and she's okay. Just in time to promote the album. Sources say, meaning, Mm -hmm. oh no, they didn't, Mm -hmm. that he broke up with her. So I wonder (laughs) wonder if there was like a deadline where she was like, if you're going to break up with me, it has to happen by X time because I've got a record coming out and then I'm going on tour. Can I just say that whoever because it's definitely Calvin Harris's camp. Yeah. Um, I also, by the way, just want to keep calling him Adam, because as <laughs> Juliet rightfully pointed out in um, the Ringer post today, his real name is Adam. His name is Adam. And she has thanked him a couple times as Adam yes. publicly, which makes my skin crawl. I'm, like, actually seizing up right now thinking about it. But um, so I do keep wanting to refer to him as Adam. <laughs> Calvin Adam Harris um, <laughs> definitely has a friend who's talking to E. Ooh. And basically, this quote, this is really... This is terrible. Uh, The touring and traveling didn't help. Sure. It seemed like they were more friends than lovers. Oh, no. That's not. That's the worst. That's just... Let's not bring our sex life into this. I mean, I guess you... You can do whatever you want, and it's fun to read about. But that's not nice. Um, no. It he just earned whatever's coming his way, which, as we speculated today, is, like, a lot of yeah. pain. <laughs> we wrote a whole post on The Ringer today about how Taylor should get her revenge. And my point, which you alluded to, was that she should just call him Adam, his real name, right. as much as possible. to not give him the shine. Yeah, because, like... I didn't know the first time I heard of Calvin Harris was when feel so close came out and I was like what is this song and who's singing I'm so confused and it's amazing that he's t- turned like not not speaking to the public ever and like I don't know being a quote unquote DJ into a full career I don't understand the lives of, of celebrity DJ it's like I just don't get it. I mean, I think they just go from hotel to hotel and press buttons. How do you become like famous as a DJ? I just don't understand. I, I don't know. We're showing our age right now. <laughs> People love it. Tate, do you like DJs? Oh, okay, Tate's good. good. DJ, so DJ, DJ Esco. Okay, I don't know who that is either. But but like, okay. Aside from being old and not understanding, like. I just don't get how you grow from, like, obscurity of, like, from, like, you know, making a playlist for your your Mm -hmm. friends to, like, creating remixes and, like, being, I don't, being Calvin Harris. Like, I simply don't get it. And I think a lot of it is, like, personal mythologizing. That's my hunch. Yes. And and drug use on the part of your audience. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not here for it either. I don't care. Good, (laughs) you know. Good luck to Calvin Harris. I like that one Rihanna song. But I, I don't know. The most interesting Thing that he did was, like, show up on a couple red carpets. with. Yeah. Did they ever walk a red carpet together? I think um, they maybe did one fairly recently. Yeah, I, I just, I wonder if she, they said that she wasn't surprised, and by they, again, I mean, I don't know they didn't, aggregation of the celebrity <laughs> stories, but she thanked him at the Grammys, which I feel like is a pretty big step, and, or she thanked him on some famous stage, I recall Yeah, it. no, I remember it as well, but I was just thinking, and I'm trying to remember, it's hard, right? Like, it, it would be mean if you've been dating someone for a year and, and you're up on the stage them. and you don't thank them. Like, how do you just go home to them that night? It's like having a birthday really early in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you do? Do I invite I? you? Right. Do I, like, do I get you a present or not? Like, whatever you do is going to be the wrong thing. Right. It's going to put too much pressure on the relationship. Right. It's also like, what level of mad should you be for either being overlooked or not invited or, like, not getting a present? Right. Like, it's just like, what? Well, yeah, at that point it's very tricky. Yeah. So that when I kind of feel for her like what else was she supposed to she was trying to be like an open generous person and I respect that it's important to be open and generous in your relationships <laughs> even if you're a celebrity who like mostly uses your relationships for your career um which we're fairly certain she's doing here and then her, her friend Abigail of, of uh you know from one of her stupid songs I believe it's from the, <laughs> from one of her earlier albums you probably know about her and Taylor was um a bridesmaid for her earlier this year for Abigail right Oh, yeah, that and was those, a tough dress. Those pics. I liked it. Point of point different <laughs> nope. different opinions for us. <laughs> anyway, she posted like a watercolor heart that says, my weird heart loves your weird heart. So I wonder if like Taylor was too weird for Calvin Harris or something. I, I thought it was weird. I don't know. He's also British, which is a real curve for me. He's Scottish. Scottish. Right? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, I don't know. I think that it's probably a lot to be in Taylor Swift's shadow. Totally absolutely and i think you have to just question if like if we can't sense any genuineness in things that she does yeah or if you're always questioning it i imagine that that would be very hard to grapple with in your personal life who should she date i don't know why i don't know why like you're so vexed (laughs) that was the purest amanda and i loved it I know we talked about this a long time ago. I really did just, like, go on vacation. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that she will release an album this fall, and, like, it will definitely have some sort of reference to Adam or a DJ or something, like, cutesy and, like, sort of annoying. And I say that as someone who just loves – Dear John is, like, maybe my favorite Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. song, because that's just, like, a 19-year-old being so mad at John Mayer, (laughs) and it's incredible. It's straight ether, but it's – it's tired at this point. So I want her to shake it up. I want her to do something totally different. And maybe that means not dating, a dating woman? anyone. Dating a woman, perhaps? Oh, that would be... I can't... The think pieces alone is like, I don't want to so go... So I don't want to live that life. That would be great if she wants to. I know. I, just throwing it out there. It's potential for her. I would like her to break the cycle of date a famous dude, everyone makes snarky jokes. Totally. Including us. And then, Yeah, here we are. And then break up, and then you wait for the breakup album. Yeah. I Like, I I feel like I've gotten the best of Taylor in that, you know, she's already reached sure. the highest that she can reach with that strategy. And let's figure out something new. Sure. Um, We were going to talk about this later, but this kind of I think is a good segue into yeah. Amelia Clark. Because sure, yeah. does Amelia Clark date? Like, I just don't know what the answer is for her because we've all seen her naked several times <laughs> i just and i there's she's obviously beautiful and looks great but i just feel like that must make your dating life really hard when every guy has already seen you naked or a woman if you're dating women like i just feel like that's hard that you lose that like first bit of mystery of like ooh what they look like with their clothes off but then like maybe you add the appeal of like oh i got that thing that everyone else was lusting after sure like as like her significant other like you're yeah. like i got her yeah i don't know i just think that's really tough I mean, I think it's probably really hard to be her. I think hasn't she talked about it? Yeah, she that has. it's really tough. Well, she was people plucked, are intimidated. She was plucked from obscurity, basically. Mm-hmm. She had no jobs for like very low profile ones, and then all of a sudden she's a Khaleesi on the the world's most popular show, an international star. And all she does now is just like yell intimidating things at yeah. like large groups of men who cheer. Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, it's awesome. Shout it's, out to her. It is great. I actually find her storyline a little boring. I was gonna say it's not much. Like it's not plot driven. No. Uh, it's sort of the same thing, but like, I love watching her give the Braveheart speeches every week. It's fun. In a different language too. Yeah. And she delivers a beautifully great accent. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I do, I guess it would be hard to ask her out though. Like, would it, here's the other thing. I, I really like her on the show. I really like that. She has been very committed to the campaign for, uh, Male full frontal nudity yes. on Game of Thrones, which I, I agree would do if I were her. Yeah, absolutely. And she's like been good humored about it and has been leading the cause, and I support her on that. But everything else about her press tour is just, I like, is she okay? It seems really sad. She seems like lonely and no one talks to her, and she has to watch Game of Thrones with her parents. thats which... That can't be true. I can't think of anything worse as Amelia Clark than watching my show where I am naked with my parents. I like don't even know. And she's like talking about like doing pranks on set which is like putting a fart machine in someone's like fake wheelchair. I don't know. It's just like, go out. I personally don't like pranks. Don't. As an as a nervous person, I don't like pranks, but I feel <laughs> like they're they're just pervasive in Hollywood. Like, well, no, so many people no. are known as pranksters. It's because it's like the thing that they come up with on their press where to be like, I'm a funny person. I got a sense of humor. Look at all the fun that we had. Don't like, you wish that you'd been on set with us too? When Leatherheads, the George Clooney and John Krasinski movie came out, it was about like how they were both like pranking yep. each other other. I mean, well, George Clooney is like the ultimate. The ultimate prankster. Do you remember the, the Dearly Departed site Video Gum? Yes, of course. There was a great series about Pranks and Uh how ridiculous they are in Video Gum, which just pointed this out, which is that it's just, it's the fakest celebrity trick in the book. And they just trot it out when they have a movie to promote. The only time that pranks are like a real thing that's happening is on reality shows when they're deprived of like any contact with the outside world, phones, books, like movies or whatever. And like all they have is to prank each other. That's the only time I like understand why it happens. And that's just another reason why I would never go on a reality show. I mean, I I guess that's a little bit. Amelia Clark is not doing that much. It's not like she can talk about her job at all it's true except for like the one time a year when they have to go promote it i would have a very hard time with that i think i I would only surround myself with other game of thrones people so i knew it was like safe to talk about my job because like i have constant anxiety otherwise yeah absolutely (laughs) so hard you would be in so much trouble and there's a six month lag like your six months of secrets you're sitting on it must be very alienating it's really crazy actually that none of them screw it up. I know. Or, again, that no one's cell phone gets stolen. Right. I just don't get it. Incredible job by you, HBO. Our friends at HBO (laughs) and Game of Thrones. (laughs) Like, I just don't get it. Anyway, so I do think Amelia Clark's life is, like, probably not that fun. It's probably not. Like, it's a a great point. Uh, She's doing press right now because she's in Me Before You, a movie that comes out tomorrow, Friday, June 3rd. Julia, tell us about (laughs) Me Before You. And (laughs) if you want to just, like, intermix it with, like, your feelings or crying or whatever you need to do. This is a safe space. Thank you so much. So, Mean Before You is a book by Jojo Moyes, Okay, a lovely British woman who I interviewed once and she was a total delight. And it's about Louisa Clark, who is kind of like a downtrodden, not that cool, like kind of awkward woman who becomes the caregiver of quadriplegic Will and Will um, wants to end his life because he's a quadriplegic and like she's like his caretaker and it's about like their relationship and how that develops how does it develop (laughs) with a lot of tears i read it like um three or four years ago and i was like yeah this book is stupid and then i got into it like 60 pages in Mm -hmm. i was like i can't put this down and then i was i was a sobbing mess for like the next 100 pages or last 100 pages is that the book that's made you cry the most absolutely and um there's a quote on it like from Liesl Schillinger the the New York Times critic Mm -hmm. which like is like when this book ended I didn't want to review it I wanted to read it again and I feel very similarly which is like I did I just wanted like it to go on and on forever what is the impulse of just like wanting to reread a book that made you weep um, I don't know. I'm not like a big book rereader because like there's just so many books mm-hmm. out there. It's hard yeah. to like do it again. But I do really understand the feeling of like wanting to like live inside of a world. and Like being like, feeling like bereft that like that world is now gone. I absolutely do too. And I have it with a lot of books. I do reread a lot of books. I don't know if it's the one about like <laughs> a quadriplegic and lots of crying. Well, maybe if you don't. Feel those kinds of things in your regular life, it's kind of like, oh, this has like brought out a certain emotional sure. okay. register that I don't usually hit or something. Okay. All but, right. Well, and that's relevant because I'm dying to see this movie because like I want to feel the way that I did while I was reading this book. It was just so moving. If I don't cry at this movie, I'll be severely disappointed. I'm almost like, don't want to see it because I'm worried it's just going to disappoint me. But on the other hand, I'm so excited to see it. Are you going to go with anyone? I think so. Okay. I think so. Like, and you prefer. To cry like with people as opposed to like in a safe space. Not place. usually. No, not when it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like. Well, <laughs> not not when but, it's like I real mean, emotions. Like, yeah, but I'm but, at a yeah, culture. When sense. I'm like truly like devastated or like upset or like stressed, I like to be alone. But right. like in this situation where it's like an anticipated event. Also, I've sh- i forced this book on so many people, right. like at least five friends and my mother. So like I feel like this is a shared experience at this point. Okay. And then uh yeah, so Amelia Clark is the lead in the movie, and so she's like. She's about to become really important to me. I'm just I'm just nervous. I'm just really nervous. If the movie does not live up to your expectations, um will Amelia Clark be banished from your I'm gonna not blame it on her, but I will be upset. I've read almost all of JoJo Moyes' books and they all kind of have like that they have that that yeah. juice of like really emotional kind of like get you sucked in. They're usually about like a woman who like for one reason or another is like having like a very protracted bad day. Okay, of like just sure. sort of like oh like huffing and puffing all over the place what a mess you know and I I guess I relate to that so at least I know there's like more of those books coming if for some reason this doesn't doesn't work out but I really hope it does I'm so nervous I just <laughs> I feel so strongly about this topic <laughs> I don't even have anything to add okay. I just like really wanted you to talk well, about your feelings I'm rooting for Amelia Clark me too I like her she seems like really lovely she and seems great She's- I really hope that. Eventually, they let her get off that where the desert, wherever she is. I don't know. This is not. This is not Watch the Thrones. I don't know where they are. Um, i hope that she gets out of there and like makes some friends more friends in real life who she can I, totally talk to one thing about game of thrones is for all of the like difficult situations women are put into this mm-hmm. season in particular has been really like female empowering and i feel like that must be in some part a testament to the women on the show and they do seem like a great group of like strong women amelia clark included to like to propel many of those characters forward and like yeah, to propel those storylines forward hope so i think it also is probably not coincidental that it's the first season that is not totally beholden to the books yeah because the books in general have had a less um yeah it's true empowered that's true anyway again not watch the thrones but you, you know do you, do you follow lena Heedy on instagram no but i have she's great yeah she's really really great love her she's into it yeah she also got a great irl haircut she's actually has dark hair she's just great Mm -hmm. just love her okay we can move on let's talk about kirsten dunst dating her fargo co-star fargo on-screen husband jesse Plemons. this is fantastic um if i'd asked you last week Mm -hmm. who was the ultimate winner of friday night lights like what would you have said oh that's a great question because i just want to know if this affects his standing to you like in like the post friday night night lights world who's like number one like some contenders obviously michael b jordan uh, yes. Kyle Chandler, Condi Britton. I mean, I think those are like the top three. I don't even think anyone else comes close. I mean, Kitch has had a decent run. That's true. He's Kitch, had it, like, in terms of... Kitch has been given a lot of chances. Well, I was going to say, just like the amount, like, he's really converted the most out of anyone because if he had not been on Friday Night Lights, none of that yeah would have happened at all. Yeah. And like, he was in HBO, a lot of HBO productions. It's true. True D season two, Normal Heart. He should have been a bigger star in John Carter from Mars, but that didn't work out for him. Not his fault, I'm assuming. But I'm just saying, he's been given a lot of chances. I don't know if he's, like, the ultimate winner. uh, No, not a winner, but at least a breakout. Yeah, for better or worse. Kyle Chandler's doing okay. I, I, I know where you're leading, and let's just go ahead and say it. Like, Jesse Plemons is really pulling through. I mean, he was on Breaking Bad, one of the greatest shows in the history of television, He's on Fargo, another phenomenal show. Right. And now he's dating someone that's, like, just great. I mean, I'm pro Kirsten Dunst. Can I... So, here's what's interesting. Until... When he was on Breaking Bad, I just mm-hmm. remember when I was like, oh, great, Landry's on Breaking Bad. Right. <laughs> And when he was on Fargo, I was like, oh, look, Landry's on Fargo, and he looks weird, right? (laughs) But somehow, he's humanized himself with Kirsten Dunst, and now we are willing to give him a name. And that's the, like, instinctively, I want to be like, she's not dating Landry, she's dating Jesse Plemons. Totally, that's a great point. What a breakthrough. (laughs) Congratulations, you have a name. The ultimate sign of success is that he has shed his Friday Night Lights character. That's true. It's like, not only did he's, he break out of that but it's like he's come into his own like he's jesse now yeah i and it's really hard to do that because still, kyle chandler's still coach oh uh, forever and, and i actually like can't yeah. i don't know what his voice sounds like if he's not playing kyle chandler connie Britton, i think is the other like number two breakout because she's got nashville which has a cult following though not entirely successful but she was on the oj show which is oh, pretty yeah. big that was pretty great she's been in a few movies did you ever see this is where i leave you no, I don't think so. It was the book. Ad- I mean, the movie oh, adaptation right. of- with Tina Fey and Corey Stoll yeah. and then all the yeah, it was like the world driver, right? Yeah, world. She's dating out a driver in that movie. World's best cast. Shout out to her. Yeah, I know exactly. See, I feel like that's just great. She's like got incredible hair. Do you think it- she's has extensions or is that just one hundred percent real? I think it's real. It's just incredible. I'm just so it's just sort of beautiful. has to be right. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of anxiety, but when I need to like cut my hair and like have like an, an adult haircut, and she's a real inspiration for me on that front. I agree. It looks amazing. Yeah, she just looks so beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. This is just really big for Jesse Plemons, and we there's a really funny piece about this on the Ringer.com from Sam Donsky. Sam Donsky, what a hero! I also just so we've talked a lot about Jesse Plemons. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is maybe the greatest all-time celebrity dater. She's really good. What a what a run! Uh, it's really true. She's got uh, like she, Garrett Hedlund was impressive. They were engaged, right? Yeah. I feel like the last time we did this whole thing, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. You know what? People make decisions as long as it's not a legal thing. <laughs> it's not hard to untangle. It's OK. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, they didn't get married. It's no big deal. Um, obviously, Hall. I'm yeah. pulling up the, your favorite site, Who Dated Who, right now. It's a great one justin long oh fab Moretti. <laughs> forgot about fab Moretti. Uh, she's also just been around for so long and I, without any significant scandals which who else can you say that about for someone who's been as famous as she has yeah that's true i mean we're talking ever since interview the vampire oh my gosh i forgot about that yeah, she's yeah, yeah. no she's great i'm rooting for her i'm happy that they found each other anyone with er roots i also root for she was really charming on season one of er Sorry, I hadn't brought up ER in like two weeks. So. I know, we're really exploring all your foundational texts today. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Thank you, that's really sweet. I'm happy for them. I just wonder, uh, like the thing about a show like Fargo is I love it. Did you like Fargo, by the way? I feel like it's not really in your zone. It's not in my zone. It's one of the, I appre- like, I don't want the people coming for me. Sure. I'm not going to say don't at me, but like, please. Like, I respect the craft and, you know godspeed yeah because so a a couple like that i then like they meet in season one they start dating in the hiatus and then like i look forward to season two to see how like their Mm interaction has changed but we don't get that with fargo it's a bummer because they just do like the one season kind of standalone yeah that's okay though because you like you think they're gonna you don't want to sour it no (laughs) it's just like you don't want the chemistry is gonna be different obviously yeah Speaking of showman's t- turned romance, mm-hmm. Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese had a baby this week. Congratulations. Do you watch The Americans? No. I do. I have too much other stuff <laughs> going on. I don't have time for this. It's dark all the time. They're just, like, sending people each other. It is really dark. Faxes, so, whatever. Quick, quick personal story. Great. Uh, One of The TV in my bedroom is mounted a little bit too high, so, like, dark shows oh, are really hard my, to watch in my was bed. my first apartment. For seven years in New York, I had the same thing. You know what you should do? What? If you stick a book, like, under... Like the stand of the TV, mm. you can angle it just slightly, which helps for dark shows. It's on shows. the wall, though. It's really, it's really oh, okay. tough. So the Americans okay. usually requires like a few watch, like a, two sessions for me, because I'll start watching in my bed. I'll be like, "Fuck this! I can't see anything," and I'll just finish it later in the living room. It's really tough. Also, really tough for Game of Thrones. So, how long has the TV been like that? Like a year. A solid year. Okay. It's it's really bad. I know I'm going to do, like, for your next birthday or major (laughs) occasion. Your birthday just passed, but we'll find something else out. It's really hard. So I don't even... Oh, yeah, with the Americans, really dark show. And I'm always like, fuck, I have to switch rooms if I really want to watch this and pay attention. In general, I'm really over the really dark shows. I am, too. I I actually am, too. Again, I'm, I'm over 30. I like I need some lighting. How much are you guys spending on these shows? Just hire another light guy. For real. I'll man. show up. We'll send Tate. It's fine. <laughs> like we got it. It's I'm done. Uh, I actually feel the same way and I'm really happy Unreal is back because it really yes. splits the difference. Unreal between... is back for two more seasons. Yeah. It was renewed today for season three, even before season two starts. It starts I'm, on Monday. I'm very excited for season two. Can't looking wait forward to it. That's like that's a show that I like really like looking forward to. I agree. Summer used to be like such a great TV time for like, a few years. And now I feel like, what do I have this summer? What's coming to me? Other than any given Wednesday starring Bill Simmons. June 22nd. June 22nd. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> I was not paid to do that plug. I know. <laughs> Just love Bill. None of these things actually. Um, we have Unreal. We have, I mean, The Bachelorette. Yeah. You know. Are you watching you- that? I'm behind. I couldn't watch this week. This week's wasn't great. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about the season, but I'm obviously gonna you know, soldier through. For more on that, listen to Bachelorette. Party, yeah. the other podcast. <laughs> um, let's move on. hmm You wanted to talk about female bonds. Yeah. Where are you where are you on James Bond? I feel oh. like we've talked about this briefly, For but a you moment, could... I thought you meant like female friendship, and I was like, okay, I can always talk about that. Not like <laughs> not like James Bond as a woman. <laughs> and I was like I like to think that female friendship is a recurring theme on this it podcast. Yes. Is. <laughs> it's something that's important to both of us. <laughs> um female bonds. Okay. Now I'm ready to talk about a okay, woman playing James Bond. Um, interesting topic. Okay. When you're working, it's it's like when you're working with a, it's similar to the Game of Thrones thing where there's like a foundational book that kind of guides mm-hmm. the series, but now it's so far beyond it that Absolutely. I think it should be open to anything, like open to a man or a woman. Yeah, I think. Why are people against it? Like, what's the argument against I mean, a female Bond? Like, sexism? Know, sexism and okay. misogynist. And, you know, James Bond is a fairly misogynistic character in its original form, and it's, I don't know. People just, they, they want to go see a dude being awesome and they don't want to see a woman being awesome, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. really know. I mean, I guess like if you look at box office numbers, you might not like recommend a female bond, but then you, I would like to think that the brand is like strong enough and popular enough that I would hope so. Was it a big deal when M was Judi Dench or was Judi, was M always a, a woman? No, I think that it was like that was a nice thing, but I don't really think they care about anything other than Bond because Bond is the representation of quote masculinity, unquote. <laughs> I don't know. I will say that I'm very, I have some thoughts about a female Bond. Yeah, tell, I would love tell to me. see it. Um, I mean, Emily Blunt is Ooh. the obvious choice. Ooh um, Emily Blunt, like our greatest action star. Yeah. She's not going to be in the Sicario sequel, which I just was cursing about in the so office she, earlier. Was she removed or she yeah, bowed out. out? It's not really clear. Interesting. I'm not into it. Okay. But if she's making the choice for her own life, sure. then again, I support her. But I, Emily Blunt would be great. Also, okay. she's British. So like the British people yeah, can even be They'd that be angry. happy about that. That's true. Lena Headey, I think, would actually be a good oh, Bond Oh, she as would well. be a really good one. Because she's she's really fierce. Chastain is another obvious one. No. Sorry. Oh, you're not here for Chastain? I just don't see her as Bond. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm not against her. I guess she's not really suave enough. I mean, this is the other thing, right? Is that when you're switching James Bond from a man to a woman, you're obviously... I don't think they, the personal characteristics are going to be a one-to-one. Yeah, you know? of course not. Yeah. And do you want someone who you're like, oh, yeah, that's like the typical James Bond. Or do you want to like kind of zig and go right. for someone who's a little bit like more unique for the character? Right. I think that I would like, you know, like, for instance, can a woman be debonair? Hmm. I mean, yeah. I would like to think so. Lupita. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. I like Oh, that. Lupita would be great. Yeah. Um. Huh. Can a woman be debonair? I've never thought about that. I would like to think so, but it's not... I think you don't... Angelina... I would, I would describe Angelina Jolie as debonair. It's just funny, like, a lot of the words you use to describe James Bond because of, like, years yeah. of coding by a sexist culture. Totally. Like, I don't think of them with relation to a woman. What's the difference between debonair and aloof? I Debonair has more style, more, right? Yeah. yeah. More swagger? Yeah. Because I feel like people who are debonair are also aloof. Usually. Sure. There's, like, an element of, like, not talking that much. What about, like... I don't know. That's a great question. I'm trying to think of other British female actresses who could pull it off. I, mean, I think Emily Blunt could. I think Jessica Chastain is glamorous enough, mm-hmm. which is possibly the corollary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking about her. In, uh, Zach had a really good suggestion. Ava Green. Ooh, I like that. She was a great Bond girl. She was a wonderful. She was the best Bond girl, yeah. in my opinion. So you a callback. It would be yeah, nice. I, said, I guess it would disrupt the universe a little too much. What about um, Michelle Dockery, Lady Mary? Possibly a little too cold. Mm, Okay, even though you need a certain amount of, I guess Daniel Craig is pretty cold as James Bond, and it works. She, I'm not sure. Is Michelle Dockery an action star? Is sort of my thing, but she's a little bit too wayfish. Yeah, that's more what I'm going for. She, yeah, doesn't, doesn't have that sturdiness. I actually do think Angelina Jolie would be a very good Bond. She was great in Salt. Yeah. That was really... She's, she has, like, a toughness to her. Yeah. that and While also being, like, very, like, sexy, Lupita's obviously. Lupita's a great idea, Tate. He killed it. Yeah. Tate's our, our next great casting agent. <laughs> I, I feel really great about that. Or even if they don't want to do James Bond as a woman because... It is a misogynistic, long standing franchise, and you don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, the Ghostbusters we make, the, the amount of just hand wringing by all the bros on the internet being like, why are there women in this? Like, I, it's not, it's sometimes it's it's not worth it. I do think it's interesting to think about a woman as Bond, though, because of the great Bond girl history. Like, when you flip that yes. it on its head, like, what does that look like with men? around the woman like it's just it's a very different kind of movie which is interesting to think about right how you do that like the uh, and also um we're just so desensitized to objectification of women, but like to objectify men ha- in that It's way. such an event. It's like a magic mic yeah, striving which yeah. is great. But you really like, you notice it in a way that, yeah, no, that's a very interesting point. It's, it would be like a very different kind of movie. Or if they didn't do that and they kind of made it like the all female version where it's like, there's no bond. It's like all like, it's all like respectable women. It would be kind of like funny, like the James Bond franchise, while usually like very well-made movies with like pretty right. respected actors. It's not like a respectful movie. That's true. It's like full of of like tropes that are kind of in some ways very retrograde. Counterpoint. Okay. What if you made a female bond and she was just surrounded by like Matthew Good types I love and Trisalva types? I love that. <laughs> I feel like that's a decent reimagining. No, I, I think so too. really feel like an event as much. It just feels like wow, there are a lot of really handsome men here. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm into it. I just think like there's never really been a movie that is that is what the female bond would be. Like I I can't think of anything similar to that. No, it's a good point because the way that like men and women are cast, and I mean that more broadly than like actual like ca- you know casting news, is so um in, in the Hollywood of all places like the least progressive. So it's hard to imagine that like what like an action movie based on a suave woman looks like. Like it is it's. It's so fucked up that it's so hard to imagine. Yeah. I like don't... literally just my brain is not wired that way. Yeah. Like That's even so thinking weird. About Scarlett Johansson, who is good in the Marvel yes. movies, she's still like not she's not like the number one alpha. She's kind of like a vixen. I mean, I haven't seen the recent most recent Captain America. But it's not like she's like the like the female Tony Stark. Yeah. And I love Gwyneth as pepper Potts, but again, she's like a very clear, like subordinate like supportive character there just has not been a movie like that and it's crazy that we can't envision what it is like let's do it this is a great topic thank you for bringing it up it's you're very, so awesome. very meaty <laughs> this is like a fun thought experiment and also we do support female friendship yeah, let's just say that also female just... james bond and female <laughs> friendship all type of bonds. <laughs> uh thank you for listening to jam session i'm juliette elipman i'm amanda dobbins don't forget the ringer.com check it out